0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to Pockets Full Soup, the storytelling show. I'm your host, Jared Petty, joined today by the producer slash seducer. Is it actually true? I don't know. Nick Scarpino.
1: I don't know if anyone knows. Yeah. Least of all me.
0: Are you seductive?
1: I used to be seductive, I'd like to think. And then I got married and then that tool no longer needed to be in my tool case. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't need that anymore.
0: You don't think you need the power of seduction in a married relationship? I think
1: that my... No, definitely not. Um, No, I I think that I need the power of charm. charm. I think I need the power of being a good guy. And I think that I need the purchasing power that will allow me to uh, get a handbag every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> and uh, take my wife to a very uh, nice hotel room in a very foreign country. Oh, okay. And wow. then, uh, yeah, and then that gets me affection.
0: Where is the uh, Where is the last foreign country in which you made Whoopi? Uh,
1: the last foreign country in which I made Whoopi was Morocco.
0: Mor- wow. Yeah. Goodness, that's like Rick and Elsa. We had like that's Casablanca. There you love go. Yes, right it was. On. Well, we
1: didn't go to um, we didn't go to Casablanca. We actually ended up going to uh, Fez and Marrakesh.
0: You're still you're breaking my fantasy here, which is You are Humphrey Bogart. And well, it was or, funny or because. Bergman? I'm not sure.
1: Uh, I think in this, well, which one was shorter? I think Humphrey Bogart was shorter, so I'm Humphrey. Uh, My wife, unfortunately, or fortunately for her, is about an inch taller than I am, so that's that's, that's the joke that never ceases to amaze her. Um, But we had a great... Yeah, my wife is a a world traveler, and she is um, one of those people who Actually inspires me greatly, and I was actually was not going to talk about her on this, but I think now I'm going to, Um, because I used to hate traveling because traveling for me was synonymous with work. Mm -hmm. So you know, you and I met at IGN. Obviously, I'd been there for quite a few years before you started. Yeah, and I used to uh, I used to take large amounts of equipment, shove them into planes. And then try to get them through customs in foreign countries and then carry those and stuff them into cabs and then get them to jobs all over the place uh, and, and do things you, like you that. You kind of so, make this
0: sound like a smuggling endeavor.
1: It was. A sm- it actually felt like a smuggling endeavor, and here's why. When you um, – I don't know if it's still the case. I haven't had to do this in a while. But when you have to get expensive equipment through customs, uh-huh. you have to sign and apply for what's called uh, – or excuse me, apply for and have signed what's called a Carnet form. And I don't know anything about this. Yeah. This Carnet form is a document that is supposed to be uni- universally upheld. And what it is is you fill out all the information of all the equipment that you would take with you. For instance, when we're going to uh, Japan or Germany, we used to take like computers and cameras and microphones and all these things that um, they want to make sure if you're importing into the country, you're not intending to sell.
0: Right, things that you just bring right. along for work. You're going to take back out with you. With you, right? Yeah.
1: And so, for obvious reasons, that if you're going into like um, you know, I guess countries that don't have the, that equipment or countries where that equipment is sold for more money, mm-hmm. uh, you're. Off, you know able to make a profit and so you would go and you would you would have your list and you would have to find the one custom stand that uh would accept that and has the stamp so in in the at sfo the stand is underneath the escalators in the international terminal. Okay, that's fun. You learn that the hard way. If no one's there, you, you can, have to go. You can't
0: find it. Like it's just hiding.
1: Well, you never. One's like, "What the hell are you talking about?" And like, it's like the hey, customs under the office. Stairs. Where is that? They're like, yeah. "Okay, yeah, it's Harry Potter. It's down underneath the escalator." Okay, and if you don't, if you can't find someone there, you have to walk all the way to um, where people come out of the international terminal. Okay. And, and like, wave someone down, and they think you're trying to run, in, and they're like, what are you doing? So you're like, I need someone. I need a customs official to come stamp this form for me, right? Oh, that's fun. So that it's That's super fun because they speak English. Mm-hmm. Okay. Imagine how fun it is when you go to, like, Germany.
0: Oh, of course you go to right? you go to the other country. You don't speak German. They
1: don't speak German. Now, of course, I, I, I'm using, actually, it's Germany and Tokyo. Or everyone speaks English there. Actually, but, yeah, those, um, are, those are probably two of these. Yeah, those, so those, those are right very right easy. There, yeah. But, like, but trying to explain to a, 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 a very nice Um, but, um, stern German man that you need a Carnet form filled out and having him not know what the hell that is Ah. and having him having to find the one person who knows where the stamp is. And then they're like, they randomly pick a piece of equipment out of, out of the lineup and they're like, show me this thing. Okay. And you're like, ah.
0: Time to dig through the 20 bags. Uh, yeah, I'm like, and I don't know
1: where that thing is. And like, I know I have it. And maybe I didn't pack that because I didn't write the list. And if I oh, did, maybe, maybe I forgot fun. it. So, um, and then by the way, if you forget to get it signed out of the country and signed back into the country, um, there's a hefty fine that goes with it.
0: Oh, so you can't miss anything? No, you can't miss anything. Wow. And this so it's awful.
1: It's terrible. Um, and some countries don't take it. So <laughs> when you come back to the United States, they'll go, How come you didn't get a stamp? And you go, Because they don't know what the hell this thing is. Uh-huh. And the United States will be like, Well, then you're probably gonna, you know, you're gonna have some trouble with the cart, like the customs, United you know, States customs agency, when you have to, because at the end of the year you have to turn the form in, and they look through it, and it's a nightmare. You're getting, I'm getting anxiety just talking about it right now. This
0: is amazing. It's pretty I, terrible. I, this, yeah. this is this is a tale of bureaucratic woe. The it likes is, of which
1: I, this is, hilarious. and the form is like, I think it's thousands of dollars just to get the form.
0: Is this the dark Orwellian world that we now live in?
1: I I think it's just a um someone somewhere said, you know, people are gonna export. Uh, equipment, mm-hmm. that equipment's probably going to be, for professionals, it's going to be expensive. We ought to have some sort of system put in place for that. And they just forgot to call the rest of the world and ask them. I
0: think it's Stuff You Should Know. Have you ever listened to Stuff You Should Know?
1: Stuff You Should Know. It's, Who a, it's a podcast? podcast.
0: Uh, and I believe it's a, I believe NPR sponsors it. Sure, okay. Um, I've heard of but it. But Stuff You Should Know, they did an episode about customs that was mm-hmm. really fascinating. Oh, if, yeah, it's neat. And it talks about where all this came from, actually. Okay, but, interesting. But I never heard this particular nightmare. Yeah. I love the idea of somebody looking for the one stamp. They, right? uh, it's
1: it's it's I so my my worst story with that was, uh we were going to see uh two human. Do you remember that game? Yeah. Am I saying that title right? It was uh, yeah, two two human.
0: Not T W O human. No. Not T O human. Not the verb to human or the infinitive, nor the number two mm, human, right. but rather two T O O human.
1: Was that was that was the game right? To be
0: too human. I I at this point I don't even know anymore. Crap. I did, but I don't remember. But let's say, whatever game you were going to see, uh, let's continue this I story. was going
1: to see, it was, a, and the studio was, I believe, based in, near Niagara Falls in Canada. Okay. The game ended up not doing well, unfortunately. But we, uh, in, in order to go to Canada, had to, in order to get to that specific part of Canada, I had to fly to Buffalo, New York, uh-huh. and then drive. Okay. So we drove, of course, mapped to the nearest customs agent, like near border. Like who court is crossing, we, right? by
0: the way, in those cases? Me?
1: Oh, God, I forget who else was with was me with on yet? that trip. No, That's I okay. don't. Don't worry about it then. Uh, right. But it was me and two other people in the small car that we'd rented because okay. someone screwed up renting the car so all the equipment was packed in we looked like we were like we looked like we just robbed a place yeah. threw everything in the car and just took off um and, you and it actually what's like Canadian
0: border looking like you just robbed it a It looks bank.
1: like this is going to be a very odd reference but for whoever, anyone who's in anime it looks like there's a movie called The Castle of Cagliostro okay. that, start, that starts off with these this this actually iconic anime character named Lupin who was like this master thief yeah. and and yeah and and his uh his right-hand man stuffing giant things of money into the back of a car and then as they take off of course there's a trail of money that's kind of what we look like but if that was equipment that was really expensive oh uh, love it doesn't know that I broke. Um so we get to this this border patrol, this border crossing uh, from, I forget what, I forget where we were at that point, but yeah. into Canada. And we're there for about 30, 40 minutes. It had taken us a few hours to drive there, plus the trip over because we're in San Francisco. So it was like all told, we're like 12 hours into this trip. And the guy's like, um, I hate to tell you this, but this is not where you can cross over. <laughs> we don't have the stamp here.
0: And I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, you
1: have to go to the border crossing that's like, Two hours down the road, and then we ha- and then you have to get it stamped, and then but you can't you, you won't be able to get to Niagara Falls there. You have to come all the way back here. So it was like, it was just the worst. Um, what is it with these stamps? It was well they ha- you know they have to have. The well I know stamp. that, but, cool. I, but I
0: just like I like to imagine that there, there's like the, there's a stone, and if you're worthy, you can pull the stamp. Right, out right, right, then, right, right. Then you are the king of stamps and allowed to do this. I mean stamps are fun. I do you like stamps? I love stamps, of course. Yeah, one of I the Like anything really physical. When I when I taught school in Japan, uh, stamp cards are a big deal there. Uh, do you know about these? Like the stamp you, cards? No. Yeah. So you finish a class, and if the kid's been good, they have this little track, like counts one to a hundred, mm-hmm. and it was little stamps. And you give them a number of stamps on the card, each space ahead based on how well they did in the class, how how well behaved they were. And when they hit like a hundred, and they hit the end of their sheet, the cards filled up, and they get a prize. And this is something kids do there, kind of like the gold stars in our classes. But they use stamps, and they call them stamp cards. Very culturally relevant. You stamp your name. I have this cool stamp somewhere, a little bamboo stamp that was custom made for me by my boss. And it has my name in in kanji on it. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really kind of fun. Uh, And I enjoyed that. But stamps, you ever stamp anything?
1: no I don't stamp that much I do like I, when I think of stamps it's always synonymous for me with either the Carnet form or the actual fun stamp which is the lovely stamp you get when you go into and out of a country Oh, and I love those stamps Yeah, the one and uh, yeah my wife um, travels a lot has traveled a lot and she, unfor- she just had to uh, get a new passport and it broke her heart because oh. she couldn't use the one anymore that had her stamp from Vietnam and India and all over the Europe do you and have all to over. give it back when
0: you're done or no do they, they, they give it, it back you to it. you but oh. I think they like
1: put a hole in it
0: uh, but you do get to keep, you get to keep the it. sheets. I yeah, sent it
1: back to you. I about that.
0: So let me ask you this, Nick. Sure. Uh, first off, I, I I am thrilled to have you on here. You're Nick from Kind of Funny. I'm here, uh, yes. I imagine absolutely everybody here watching uh, knows who you are and what you do. You 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 ventured out to create this marvelous business with with your friends, and you do wonderful things that make me happy. And thank I you. I watch you all the time. That's very kind. Uh, I, you're very kind for being on here, but. Of the kind of funny guys, I've I worked at IGN with you for a long time. Mm-hmm. But of the kind of funny guys, you are the one I know least well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about this before the show. I mean, you've always been the soul of gentility. Uh, mm. And when I worked in the office, you, you were very much invested work, in the video You didn't department. work that closely, though. Well, there were quite well, a few it. people who
1: would think that I would be the opposite of that if they to well, tell nev- stories about me. I
0: never had to deal with that, though, that's because fair. we worked in, when I started out, we were working completely opposite corners of the office. Mm-hmm. Um, and right around the time I started to move into doing other things around the time you left. So we never really got to work together much. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked. You were going to teach me to use a camera at one point. Then you then, uh, you, you stepped away. Ooh, uh, sorry about business. that. That's okay, I can still
1: show that. you how to use this one if you want, but I think yeah. you got it figured out.
0: No, well, this one, it's hard not to do terribly with because of, I, I may be the worst cinematographer alive. Um, I think
1: this shot looks great. I looked at it earlier and I love this.
0: Effect. It's like,
1: it's fun. Is that why you're doing it? Yeah, I like it. It's super cool. But really I'm excited to have you... Oh, of course oh sorry. Show.
0: But I'm excited to have you here because I know you less well than the other guys. And so I really don't know what you're going to say when I ask you our titular question. Okay. Um, it's because uh, Pucks Full of Soup, often topical, but our, our go-to and the thing I'm going to ask you mm-hmm. today to start. Um, tell me about somebody you're thankful for. Ah.
1: Okay. I was hoping that the, the, the teacher of the question would be, what's your favorite soup?" but well I, mean, I don't mean, think I can answer that. You right don't now. know
0: the soup story, right?
1: I don't know the soup story. Okay,
0: so this, yeah the soup story is, it comes from again, living in Japan, like all my stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but one day it was freezing cold, just just really, really cold. Mm-hmm. And I was on my way to work and. I was living on, on the center of the main island of Japan, Honshu, okay. up in the mountains. Okay. I lived in a little town called Seki, uh, which is up kind of on the slopes of the Japanese Alps. And what an awesome I, experience. It was incredible. Um, just just unreal. Yeah, just just underneath Takeyama, which is the secret best city in all of Japan. But uh, I'm in Seki, which is my favorite place in the whole wide world. And it's freezing cold that day because it gets really cold in Japan. Mm-hmm. And Japanese vending machines have – many of them have cold – Sections Mm -hmm. and hot sections. Mm -hmm. You've 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 yeah, yeah. I've I've
1: experienced them. Well,
0: Japanese vending machines. Some of the hot sections have soup. They'll have tomato soup. They'll have corn soup in these little metal cans, Mm -hmm. heated up. And I was so cold that I bought a bunch of cans of hot corn soup and stuffed them into my pockets and under my coat and then walked to work through the town with this happy, warm soup, and it kept me warm until I could get inside.
1: That's awesome. And
0: that night, in my my journal, I just wrote the phrase, Pockets Full of Soup, I love um, that. In this little fi- and that became the name of the show.
1: There you go. That's
0: where, yeah, it's kind of-
1: That's better than any story I'm about to tell. You guys can just stop listening to this podcast right
0: Nonsense. Right now. You are full it. of the good stories. But who do you – because you were talking mm. about a couple of people. I, and I'm, I'm wondering people, who but... you're going to come down with. Well, you, you know,
1: I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm talk about my wife. I've Ooh. talked about her a little bit. Okay. Um. Obviously, I'm thankful for her because she uh, blessed me with her hand in marriage, which is good. Um. She said yes, which I liked. What if she had uh, said no? If she had said no – well, I can get to that. Um, <laughs> we can talk about that. So, my wife and I have a great relationship, and I've talked about this a little bit on, on a few other podcasts. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, it, it's not our relationship was not without its you know dr- drama and problems, like everyone else's relationships are. You know, like you see these unfor- you see these you know storybook marriages and things that always end in happiness. Uh, you know, in the movies and real life is just it's not like that. Um, my wife, I'm I'm grateful for her because she's the first person and probably the only person in my life that's ever made me understand and want to be an adult oh yeah uh. and uh yeah and i mean by that i mean an adult man not just an adult but like i bel- i firmly believe when i met my wife i was a um uh a, well i don't want to say a child but i was definitely a uh a very immature 26 year old okay. who uh living in san francisco you know didn't respect a lot of things that I had to offer people and things that they had to offer me. It's a kind of way of saying that
0: do you think that comprehension, that growing comprehension is what you define as your change in maturity? Is, what, what, what's, what's the difference? What is, what is the difference between that Nick and the Nick that coming to know your wife helped you become?
1: Well, I met my wife uh, and I was at the time, I, I, would, I would say the thing that a lot of guys say to women when they just want to keep being single, which is, you know, I'm not ready to settle down. I'm don't want to, I don't, I'm not looking for a commitment right now. I'm just looking to have fun and enjoy someone's company, i.e. I just want to have sex with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want the... Uh, responsibility of having to form a relationship with you, potentially uh, let you into my heart, and my mind, and uh, deal with anything that might be a consequence of that, which could be very long term, uh, i.e., marriage, kid, the whole shebang. Right? Were
0: you thinking about it in that that systematic of terms? At that Definitely, point? Yeah. Yeah? yeah, yeah,
1: because especially when, you know when you're when you're we're sort of taught as as humans that there is a certain like a uh, specific chain of events that your life is supposed to follow right okay. you go to school you go to high school in high school you, you go to college or you get a job right? if you go to college great you're, but you're supposed to meet someone there and if you don't meet someone there you're supposed to meet someone very quickly after you get a job the best job of your life which is probably the job you're stuck in for a while like everyone is right and if you're lucky and fortunate enough to meet someone then uh, then you're supposed to marry that person uh, and then people start asking you when you have kids you're gonna have kids with that person and then and then you hit 30 and you're like All of those milestones I've hit. What's next? And people go, I don't know. Um, Maybe have another kid. Who knows? I don't know. Maybe start a business. Maybe. Maybe
0: I'm flashing a Fight Club right now. Yeah, I think I see what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: Um, And so, you know, I, I like a lot of people in the city revolted against the notion of like needing someone. Right? I was like, I don't need someone to complete me. I don't need. I don't. I don't ever want to get married because I feel like marriage is an you know archaic institute. Um, A lot of those were just. I, I would later come to realize, um, excuses for me not wanting to move on in any way, shape or form with my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I just started working at IGN. I was like two, I think at that point I was two or three years in when I met my wife. And so things were going well. And I'm like, I'm good. I don't need like anything else. I'm just enjoying like finally feeling like I've got some sort of level of control on my life. I'm making more money than I've made before. Uh, I'm, 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 you know, I have this great group of friends. I have this cool job that gets me to travel. And I'm like, I just want to like – I don't know. I just want to screw around.
0: Were you content?
1: Uh, yeah, I think I was. I think I was content. Um, and so that's why when my wife and I got together, or then girlfriend obviously, um, we had met and I was like, this girl is a very interesting human being. She is uh, – I shouldn't say girl. She was a woman at the time. Um, this person is someone that challenges me. On a lot of levels And I don't like that <laughs> And so We met uh, We went out on a few dates uh, We had a great time together We started getting to know each other And right as I started getting feelings for her I left for my second Japan trip To go to TGS Okay. Um, and I was like Hey I'm going to TGS I'm going to be gone I, I I lied to her I was like I'm going to be gone for two weeks And then you know I'll give you a call When I get back So I got back in TGS is not two weeks By the way The trip only lasts I think six days I okay. don't know why I said that I think I was just getting too close to her And we were, I was like pushing it off Oh, what year was this? This This yeah.
0: That one do you think We've been less.
1: married for five years, and we dated for quite a few years prior to that. So
0: you don't have to do the math; it's okay. Yeah, too it's too hard. That's
1: probably about eight or nine years ago, maybe okay. nine years ago. Hmm? Yeah,
0: we might have we might have rubbed shoulders at that DJS. then That's, that's why i was trying to forget. Anyway, um, please continue.
1: So I came back from my trip, and I was like, I don't want to call that girl. And I didn't really have a good reason other than I knew it was going to lead to something. And I was like, I don't want it to lead to something right now. I want to be uninhibited. Why did you know it going to lead to something? Because I liked her a lot. You liked her a lot? Why did you like her? Who, who,
0: is, who is this person?
1: She, <laughs> she's very private. That's why I don't I don't like to share a lot of her details uh-huh. because she's not on Facebook. She's not on Twitter. She doesn't like – she doesn't want to deal with any of the pros and cons of being on the internet and or um, having a presence other than the one that she likes to have IRL. so
0: Good thing you decided to talk about her for an hour on a podcast.
1: Oh, I talk, yeah. I talk about her all the time, but I don't like I, – I, yeah. no, I don't specifics because I not want to make Let's stay
0: away from the specifics, then, but, but what was it – as much as you can define, what was it about this person that made – it sounds like your reaction was, I'm I'm content, my life's good, right. but I'm also very afraid to call you because you – were. why? What was it about this person that, well, that made you worry that you – wanted to be around them
1: because she was uh she was the first person that that i had dated that was ready for that next step you know and Ah. like that's a very that's a very well not not at the time i didn't realize like i didn't know that necessarily at the time it wasn't inherently spoken like hey we're three weeks in our relationship i think you might be the one but it was a hey Maybe you shouldn't have all your furniture from Ikea. Hey, maybe that couch that's on the street, leave it on the street. Maybe that doesn't need to come into your house.
0: Like, was she challenging you like a rom com character? No, like, a- <laughs> no, I mean,
1: no, not not in that way. But I would I would see the way she lived her life, and I would be like, oh, okay. like oh, like p- people can take vacations. Like that's a thing people do. Yeah. I, I don't know I would just be like, hey, I'm home. I don't have to move. Great, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, she would be like, hey, you know, what are your goals and aspirations in life? And I'd be like. I'm doing it. Like I'm good. I'm, good. I'm making Living money. Dream, man. I have health care. It's great. You know, like it was super cool. And she was is like, nice. okay. Um, but what really set me down the road with her was she has, uh, for lack of a better term, um, just balls. Uh, okay. she called me two weeks on the dot. Well, it wasn't two weeks. I was a few days after I was supposedly supposed to have gotten back, which was I think a week after I had actually gotten back. And I remember this because I was at Craig Baradon's house. Do you know Craig? Uh, not well. No. Okay. Well, Craig Baradon and, and I go way back. We're old friends. He used to work at IGN, and, yeah, the yeah, okay. and then on the video team. Um, we just gotten done. I think we were watching a fight or something like that, or watching something. And uh, I get this call from this number that I I kind of recognize, but I don't. So I let it go to voicemail. And it's my wife, and she calls, um, and she says, "Hey, you know, it's so and so." um i think you're back from tokyo uh we had a really great time um you said you were gonna call me and i'm not she was you know she wasn't being mean about it she was like um i had a great time with you i'd love to see you again and if you don't call me back uh, you're an idiot and i was like
0: huh well played, I was like, lady huh. I don't know well. Well yeah. played indeed.
1: And uh, I was like, all right. So I called her back and I was like, yeah, what's up? And she's like, yeah, you weren't going to call me back, were you? I was like, no, I was not. And I'm like, why did I just answer that question honestly? Why are we being super honest with each other? What is happening
0: here? Why did she so say went over that? Have you ever asked her about
1: it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We talk about it all the time. Why did she because say that? Because she doesn't fuck around. Well, I let us swear on this. So let
0: like, me. Oh, absolutely. Good. Let me follow. Oh, yeah. That's that's very common. Don't worry about that at all. Um, Say whatever you like but let me take it to What did she see in you?
1: I think she saw someone that was more ambitious than he knew. I think she recognized talent that I had and, and something that I had that I didn't know necessarily I could bring out. Like I thought I could bring out myself, but I didn't know until I found someone else that that's I needed someone to help me bring that out. Okay. Um, my wife is one of the people who was a huge inspiration in me starting kind of funny. Um, she was one really? of the people. Yeah. She – when we, we ended up dating for a while and then we ended up actually breaking up for a while mm-hmm. um, and she was one of the people that was – she's been very much um, pivotal in me having a lot of self-growth and, and, and being honest with myself and saying there are deficiencies I have, uh, not physically because, I, again, I'm shorter than her, but mentally – there are, you know when you get to 25 26 you're you've lived a lot of life at that point mm-hmm. there's been a lot of experiences that have shaped you and conditioned you yeah. and you don't realize how set in your ways you might be about something right that's
0: uh, some people say it's about 26 your brain stops growing there you go yeah. um,
1: and that makes sense um so you know we broke up and I think it was because I had a lot of those I know it's because I had a lot of those still issues left over of like wanting to be on my own and not necessarily seeing you know the value of taking the leap with someone uh, and it wasn't until we broke up and I, we spent about six months apart that I realized, oh. yeah, I realized how big a, a mistake that I had made. Uh, and we worked, we got back together very slowly, and tentatively, and we, we worked very hard to to really communicate with each other and talk to each other. And I realized that there were a lot of things in my life that I needed, that I wanted to change. Didn't need to change, but I wanted to change because I didn't want to be, I had some older friends. I had seen some people who were, had sort of a constant or consummate Peter Pan syndrome. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't. I was like, it it went from being fun and cool to, oh, shit, like, we're the last people at the party. I don't want to be the last person at the party. I want to go to the next party, whatever that's going to be.
0: Is that why you broke up?
1: Uh, We broke up because I thought the party was still fun. We got back together because it turns out the other party was more fun. Um, I think I'm mixing my analogies (laughs) here, or my metaphors. But um, So we got back together, and that was when uh, we realized... You know what, what had happened. What kind of caused the breakup was that we went from this sort of very easy relationship where yeah. we were both getting very closer than we thought we were to her coming to the realization that I was the one, and that freaked me out, and so I ran. Uh, and then she was nice enough to give me another shot, uh, which I will be repaying her for the rest of our lives, um, not in a bad way. I just feel like I were. Uh, so you walked away. I walked away. And well, then, and- she no. She again. She has balls. She was like, look. I'm not going to play this game. If you're not ready to at least conceive of us growing together and being together, then we're done. Interesting. And I was like, well, I'm not ready. And she's like, well, then we're done. And that was it. Um, and some other stuff happened in between that was, you know, uh, hard. And then um, six months later, later, I get I uh, – I don't think I've ever told anyone this. I get a note from her, handwritten. Uh, I won't go into the specifics of the note, but basically it was saying – you promised me that you would consider this whole situation
0: when when you stepped away. Yeah, when I
1: stepped away. You promised me that you would look in yourself and 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 be honest with yourself and realize what was causing you to be so scared of this next portion of our lives and you haven't done that yet. So I'm just letting you know, it's okay. I get it. You need to do what you need to do, but I'm going to now get over you. Like I'm I'm going to be so I'm gonna to try to get over you now.
0: Where were you when you got this note?
1: Uh, about twelve blocks away from her. Yeah. So yeah, I was living in Knob Hill. She was living in Pack Heights. Is it your house? Uh, this was my house. Yeah. So I just I just literally opened my mail. And I was like, Oof. There's a note. And I, I mean, I know her handwriting, so I instantly saw that. I was like, Oh man. And you know, like when you're spending time away from someone that you you're not over, but you think you're over, you don't realize it until you see that sign, that that last little like vestige of her, and you're like, Oh shit. And it was like, it was like a rock climber holding on by like one finger. And I'm like, I better put another fucking hand on this rock right now, or I'm going to fall. And this is it. This is it. We're going to be done.
0: What What happened in that moment? I mean, you're reading these words, oh, I, I like, and it. suddenly you just yeah. you just grab. I mean, I I through. was like, I got
1: it. The only thing I know to do, I was like, I gotta, I'm going to just hail mary it and call her and see what happens.
0: What happened inside you in that moment to make you go from we are absolutely apart to this? I want to make this work. What changed? It's a or, or did something change or did you
1: I think on a on a on a to speak on a more cowardly level, it was the there was a being alone was I'm like this I know this, this is obviously charted territory. Um but taking then all of a sudden I was confronted with another option which was you can either take a risk or you like and, and do something that may be great or may not be great, but you have to face a fear here, or you can stay over here for the rest of your life and wonder what could have happened. And, you know, I don't quote a lot of people all the time, but I have, there's a great quote that I always remember from Hunter S. Thompson where he was like, buy the ticket, take the ride. Like at a certain point, take the fucking ride and see what happens. And you have to do that in every, and this has been thematic, like that one moment in my life was... Like dealing with that fear, dealing with that anxiety and having that person on the other end as the person that I knew would be there for me. Um, and she picked up the phone, thankfully. Um, was Has shaped a lot of my decisions and my, my ability to deal with that anxiety and that fear since. Um, and because of her, you know, I remember distinctly when we were talking and this flashed five years after we get married, I'm thinking about changing my career in a very major way. I was actually thinking about just quitting IGN altogether, mm. um, be- not because IGN was bad, just because I'd been there for 10 years. Yeah. And I, th- I, ha- I got to a place where I'm like, I feel like I'm taking up a person's chair mm. who really wants to be here. You and felt is ready really, to move on. Really? Yeah. And so, you know, I was sitting on my bed one night with my wife and we had talked about kind of funny. This is after we launched that first Patreon. And I was like, look. I would obviously be making considerably less if I left right now because I think the Patreon was only at I think it was like twelve thousand dollars, and there was four of us. Yeah, and so I was like, okay, you know, I mean, not not so much that I wouldn't be able to like cover bills and stuff, but still after taxes and after no a lot of things that would have been.
0: It it, it, it's it sounds like a lot of money until you start living a life.
1: Right, exactly. Um, But I was like, look, I don't, I don't, I don't know what this is going to be, but I got to go try this for a second. And she said, do it, like. Why are you worried about? It? Like, just try. It. She's like, I. She has a job, um, and she was like, Don't you want to be like? Don't you want to try it? Like, don't you want to just do something? You know, I okay. hate to, uh, I hate to put it in these terms. There was a Topher Grace movie a while back that um, was set in the '80s, and I can't remember the name of it, but it had a great last scene where it was with him and his dad. And the whole point, the whole character arc for Topher Grace was that he never did anything. He just okay. kind of was like stagnant in life, right? And I, the movie, get wasn't that great. I think dad, Dan Fogler was in it as well. Um, Take Me Out Tonight was what it was called. Um, I didn't see that uh, Not many people did Unfortunately Not many people see Choose to willingly see uh, Dan Fogler And Topher Grace movies Even though <laughs> I love I love Dan Fogler And I love Topher Grace I like so. Topher Grace Dan, Are you familiar With Dan Fogler's work uh, Not as No He is from Tam- Fantastic Beasts And Where to Find Them
0: No I, I don't know He's
1: also from a, The seminal picture Balls of Fury Starring Dan Fogler And one uh, Christopher Walken And Maggie Q So you should check that out If you're at, at all Into you. great comedy I should is say that, Very is clever that, comedy is that, is that high comedy It's the highest comedy you can possibly get because it's about ping pong, um, but uh, there's a great. The, li-
0: what's the funniest sport? Is it ping pong?
1: Uh, what's the funniest sport? Yeah, curling. Curling is by far the funniest sport ever
0: made. I I had I had a delightful love affair with curling when I was living. That's another story for another story for another but, day. Yeah.
1: Um, end of the Toy for Grace movie. The dad goes. He was like, "What?" for Grace says, "What am I supposed to do? What do you want me to do?" And he goes, "I don't care what you do. Just do something." It doesn't matter if it's wrong. It doesn't matter if it's right. Just do something. And sometimes people feel like that. Like sometimes you feel like people, people have inaction for a lot of reasons. People don't try things for a lot of reasons. Like, but most, most of it's fear. Most of it's fear of the consequences of good and bad. What will happen? What will take you out of the now? And the now is okay. The now I know. The now I can control to some degree. But what happens when I move away from the now, that's really scary. But when you have those moments where you're thinking, should I do something? Um, or shouldn't I do something? Generally, do it. Okay. Unless it's something that's going to hurt someone or wind you wind wind you up in jail, you know, <laughs> and that someone could be you also. Don't don't do like crazy stuff. But if you're thinking like, hey, I think I want to try this thing, and you're in your twenties, try it, try do it, it fuck it, why not? Because it just gets harder to do that as you go. Why right? is that? Because you have more at stake mm-hmm. later in life. You have a wife. You have children. You have a mortgage. You have. Uh, responsibilities like once you bring kids into the world, they are your responsibility. They they are your number one priority. All mm-hmm. right. You don't get to go make make the movie you wanted to make or or work on the dream project, whatever that is anymore, unless you can figure out a way to make the kids like get the the kids are good. They have to be good mm-hmm. first, right? And I see this a lot When sorry I'm spitting on you. Are you um, not spitting
0: on me at all? Well I, you are, but it's yeah, I feel baptized. Good.
1: Thank you. Yeah you've been back baptized in the Church of Nick. Um so it it gets harder. And, and that's why I think your 20s are very important. And that's why I think you need to be less risk averse in your 20s and, and, and just take the ride. Um, and so, you know, my wife gave me the courage to be to try to at least step up and be a man. Okay. Um, and she gave me the courage to at least step up and be a small business owner. Um, and recently she's given me the courage to overcome claustrophobia, which is another thing that she's helped me. Claustrophobia? Yeah, I've been very claustrophobic for I was at least very claustrophobic, I should say, for um, a number of years. And I didn't know why. Um, and it turns out it was because, well, I don't know if this is necessarily the case, but it was triggered most when I would do jiu-jitsu. I don't know if you're familiar with jiu-jitsu. Or I not. am familiar with jiu uh, So I, uh, I used to do jiu-jitsu back and then I tried it with a, with a roommate of mine, but d- discovered very quickly that I don't like I had panic attacks when I was on my back.
0: What forms did you study? Like Aikijutsu like, or uh, no? This or was Brazilian specifically or... Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um. So I had a friend. Uh, I had a roommate that moved in with me that would uh, practice against me, and I would start to dread it more and more because every time I'd get in mount or inside control, any any position that was uh a, a, a non dominant position, I would panic. I would have panic attacks and push away and have to tap and move. And walk. I literally got to a point where I have to walk outside. Now,
0: for someone that's never had a panic attack, can you describe that? I I sure. Yeah
1: your heart starts beating uncontrollably, your brain starts uh, uh, pumping high doses of cortisol, which is the, uh, I believe that's the the word for it, the, the fight or flight hormone into your body, and every ounce of your being says, get out. Get the fuck out of here. And this all
0: happens in like a second. Happens
1: in a, about a second, right? Yeah. Um, and you sometimes are okay. You'll be, you'll be able to breathe through it. And you'll be fine. Um, but sometimes it happens on a plane and you're like, I, I can't get out. So what do I do? Yeah. Um, I had problems in elevators where I'd have to, to stay next to the door in case more people piled in so I could feel like I was the first person to get out. Yeah. Uh, couldn't ride in the middle seat of cars. Mm-hmm. In the backseat, couldn't do it. And by the way, the far, far backseat was like, f- go f- get fucked. I'm not going back there. I'll, and for, I'll walk.
0: And for no, somebody who's never experienced this, I imagine this well, why do you know, somebody may say, just get over it, or that, that but this right. is not a reaction that you just sit there and have cognitive control over in it's, the moment very it's, easily. It's yeah, not, it's, it's yeah. not.
1: But what you have to do is, and you know, again, going back to uh, my wife as being a strong impetus of change in my life and inspiration for change in my life, she was like, you know. I, I was sort of watching more. like I, I had shied away from anything that had to do with jiu Jitsu for a very long time, including UFC, MMA, things like that. So when I was at IGN I used to go watch UFC fights. um but I was I'd always feel kind of like there was something missing in my life because I had this I had this sort of passion for this thing that I couldn't do anymore because my body would just literally mm-hmm. betray me every time I would do it. Uh, and so my, and and so you know when I formed the business, I had a lot of anxiety, and a lot of fear and a lot of anger that would manifest itself um, because like this studio alone almost broke me. Um, mentally it was a lot of work and my wife's like you know you need something in your life that you can go to that's just you no one else is there and like that you're that you can just have as a hobby that and maybe that thing needs to be you using a physicality against something else to get all that aggression out so so i was like well i thought about muay thai which is kickboxing and i'm like I really wanted to try that. It's more um,
0: separated. You're not 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 as many grapples. Right. To,
1: you're not yeah. you're you're clinching, but you're not going to the ground. Right. I thought about judo, and I'm like, there's a little bit of groundwork there, so I don't know what yeah. I want to do. And then eventually, I was like, why am I, what am I doing to myself? I'm trying to get all these other options for the like to do, to avoid the thing that I really want to do, which is invest some time and energy into trying to get good at not freaking out in jujitsu. And so. Through a chain of events, my wife's like, you know, there are people that can help you with that. Like, I can't because, I mean, she couldn't because she's not a professional. But she's like, you know, I bet there's people that you can, like, go to, like sports psychologists, people who can help huh. you with phobias. And I'm like, okay. And then, of course, the first thing that pops in my mind is I'm like, I'm a man. I don't need any help in that regard. Like, I can get over this myself. And But then I thought about going – like, so I, I would drive past uh, the, you know, um, the jiu-jitsu school. And I would get, I would start to panic. I'm like, no, I, I need help. I need help. You would panic this. just driving by. Could, it I would just yep. see it and be like, thinking about going inside and thinking about what happens in there. I would be like, oh shit, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do this. So I
0: suffer from anxiety attacks. I know a little bit about. So it's, I
1: mean, it's very similar to anxiety attacks, right? I mean, I think that you know, when you get, it's just, it sucks. It sucks to think that your body can betray you like that. Yep. Your brain can betray you like that. But you can get over it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, maybe not forever. Maybe not always. But you can reach a A a part of, uh, you know, that's acceptable. For
0: many people with help, the situation can improve.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And so I sought the help of a cognitive behavioral therapist Mm -hmm. um, who was very talented and was able to just sort of work with me and get me through that process. Um, And it's it's one of those things where I'm not 100% perfect yet, Mm -hmm. but... I I did a class last night. I've been doing classes for the last eight months. Oh, that's Um, great! Every once in a while, you know, if I'm, especially now, most of the time I just have an issue when if I'm wrestling against someone big Mm -hmm. or than me um, or rolling with someone bigger than me and they have you know, they put a lot of weight and strong pressure. They're, 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 there's guys that really know how to use their weight properly. It feels like a fucking – you're being smashed by a tank. Um, that'll freak me out every once in a while, especially if I'm exasperated. Sure. Um, but
0: – Well, it's not like it magically goes away. This is something you worked hard at. This is
1: something you worked really – I worked really hard at. And there was something that I had to share with people. And that was yeah. the other thing too, which was, you know, it was – it's one of those things where you always think you have a problem that no one else has. Mm-hmm. And so you want to keep it secret because you don't want people to think that you're a weirdo or you have some sort of deficiency, especially as a man in today's culture. You don't want to, this guy's got a problem. He can't, he's not tough enough. He's not macho enough. But then you start talking to people about these things. And it turns out one of my instructors who, you know, was kind enough to give me a very good break on private lessons was like, oh yeah. He's like, you know, now that you mentioned that, I used to freak out when people would grab my legs. And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, for the first like year, I would just freak out and like push away when people got my legs because he's like i just felt like they were trapping me and he goes of course then you realize there are ways to get in and out of that and you get better at that and sometimes that's just the nature of the game um but one of the things that i've grown to love about jujitsu and and it's it's very much a a metaphor for my life is that there are just certain situations that you can capitalize off of certain situations that you're 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 not going to be in a good place and sometimes you can get out of those but sometimes you can't sometimes you just have to be really comfortable being uncomfortable um, and, and it's an experience that I have at least once every time I walk into that, walk through the doors.
0: I like that. It's, oh, I like what you just said. That's, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And it was your wife that pushed you toward this. She
1: was. And she was, so, it was, it was very nice of her. And she was the one, you know, she went with me to get my first, uh, gi, which is the, uh, you'll know more as a kimono that you, uh, you, that you wear when you go, um, when you roll. Um, and she was the one that was like, look, just take it at your own pace. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and, and I, uh, so I have her to thank for that in part. Um, and a lot of other people to thank for it in part. But.
0: Sounds like you have a, lot, have a lot to thank her for. It's, Definitely. it's, it's extraordinary. It, I really appreciate the fact that you were willing to come in here and talk about someone you're thankful for and to talk about the messiness that's around yeah. being thankful for somebody that you love. Because it, that is a big part of it. I, uh, some of the stories well, you're telling me here, man, these are familiar. Yeah. And, and, so, well, uh, and, that's, uh, and that's and that's you know, what's,
1: again, going back to talking about things. And that's why I'm, I love to share this stuff. Because before I was like, oh, I don't, wanna, I don't know how much I want to share. I live a very public life, obviously, with uh, Kind yeah. of Funny. But the more and more I talked about it, the more and more people would reach out and go, oh yeah, I know how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Like uh, a perfect example is uh, I, I'm a huge fan of uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, The Joe Rogan Experience. Yeah. And he has a, a recurring guest on uh, named Joey Diaz. Joey Diaz just got into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And the other day for the first time, I've been listening to hours of these guys talk, like hundreds of hours of these guys talk. And Joey Diaz is like, yada, 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 dog. Like I used to roll yada, yada, yada. And dude, I finally got over those panic attacks that I used to have every time I was on my back. And I'm like... No shit. Ha. The same thing happened. And he's a blue belt now, which is yeah. good. I'm like, so, that you know, it, it's there's so many things you can learn from an experience like this. And that's why I wanted to share it. Um, not the least of which is, and I know we're running a lot like, No, long no, time, no, no,
0: no. Don't worry about it. It's um, okay. Is that,
1: you know, I think the biggest gains that you'll get in life are the ones that you don't see happening. I think they're the ones that take the longest to get. And I think they're the ones that you just put the time in every day. And then you look back and go, holy crap, look at how much I've progressed. Right. We're taught by movies and by everything and by even, even games to some extent that it's like actually games are a little better because if you put 60 hours in anything, you're probably going to get pretty good at it. But, uh, <laughs> but with movies, we're taught that everything's supposed to be You've
0: obviously <laughs> never watched me try to play Puyo Puyo. <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't even know what Puyo Puyo is, but you've, yeah, you've, you
1: should watch me play Zelda later. It's uh it's pretty terrible. Um, but yeah, you know, we're taught by movies and by mainstream media that like everything's supposed to get resolved in an hour or two, like yeah. maybe three, if it's a Godfather movie, um, or, or nine, if it's Lord of the Rings, Rings trilogy, um, yeah. <laughs> But that's not the case. And more often than not, you're never going to have that one aha moment where you're like, I'm finally over this phobia. You're just going to put the work in and look back and say, huh, I'm better than I was six months ago. Like you,
0: yeah, you just described a, a, a like 10, 12-year arc of your life. And in that entire story, there was one aha moment. And it came at a, at a, at, on the knife's edge of a catalyst with a note you're holding in your hand. Yeah, And that one was not something that just came out of nowhere. It was literally the culmination of months and months of building, oh, yeah. there aren't yeah. a lot of those aha moments. No, so, right, I know. It's, it's a, there's a guy named Fred Craddock. I love. Uh, mm. he's, a, he's a minister uh, who said that. And and whether you're a person of faith or not, I think this metaphor applies uh, philosophically. He said there are a lot of people out there. He believes who are willing to give their lives for for what God needs. He said there there are people out there that are willing to throw down that thousand dollar bill of everything and say, right here at this moment, I'm here. I can do the right thing. Mm-hmm. He said that in his experience, what God usually does is cash in the thousand dollars for quarters, hand you a giant bag back, <laughs> and then say, "Okay, you just spend the rest of these lives giving these, rest of your life giving these away one at a time, hmm. day by day, one task, one little thing, yep. one little kindness, one little goodness." one little lesson at a time. That's how it is for both of us. We never get that dramatic moment.
1: But yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, every once in a while you're tested, right? Every once sure. in a while you get that, but but that dramatic moment is not, it doesn't come out of nowhere. No. A dramatic moment is the buildup of, like when, one of the happiest days of my life was January 5th of two years ago, 24, 15, um, when we left IGN and formed Kind of Funny, officially, mm-hmm. and told everyone we're striking out on our own uh, in a very subtle way. We told everyone. Um, very subtle. Super subtle. Um, I barely noticed lots of people barely noticed. They're like, you're, you're, you're still there, right? <laughs> um, you know, all I remember you do is- what you got to do at the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so that was a great moment, but that was a moment that I couldn't have, that didn't come out of a void yeah. that came out of months of me talking with my wife and my friends mm-hmm. and my, the people that I think are my, you know, that I hold close to me as my advisors. And that's, that's what's so important about you know, being married and having someone in your life that's like that, or at least having a strong group of friends around you. Your friends are, and, and your loved ones are the people that are supposed to. You are supposed to be able to rely on not just when things are going well, but when things are going badly, um, when you need them most. And they're supposed to enrich your life, and you are supposed to do that for them. It's, a, it's a, you know, it's a two-way street. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, when you are young, you have—I don't want to say—going back to the the Fight Club reference, like was single-serving friends, yeah. Um, but you do have that a lot, and so you need to make sure that you have people that are ride or die by your side because you know I always talk about I quit smoking and I lost a lot of friends because of that because we were all held together by that one common vice and once that went away it was like I don't really have that much to talk to you about anymore um of course there are quite a few people that quit smoking with me and they were like hey we can talk about quit smoking but um but you know you need you have when you choose people to be in your life and I'm not talking about family because you don't choose family for better for worse, when you choose to marry someone or you choose to be in that person's life and have them in your life, you need to make sure that that person is is in it for, in it to win it for the long haul, and that mm-hmm. person' is going to make you a better person or at least make you want to be a better person every day.
0: and your wife does
1: she does, she does.
0: Thank you for telling us about this person you're thankful My for, My pleasure. Nick, and thank you for telling part of your story as, as a part of it. This is extraordinary. i want uh, to take a second here. We're going to do that hard left turn we do kind of in the middle of the show uh, where we take a second uh, to move to instant noodles. But before that, some folks to thank. I'd like to thank our Patreon producers uh, Nick Rie and Robert Nieder, whose generous support makes this show possible. And all of you who give on Patreon and subscribe on YouTube and on iTunes and who listen and who write in the mail at pocketsfullofsoup.com and who join the Pockets Full of Soup Facebook group at all, etc. You guys know the by now but uh, hey if you can drop us a buck or five or ten or you know a million if you're rich and and eccentric uh, we will gladly accept it because it keeps us on the air and really really helps so thank you for that and uh, thank you for all you've already done for us Uh, everyone who listens everyone who writes in to support all the kind notes uh, mean a lot now shifting gears instant noodles Uh, we're going to ask a couple of questions that folks wrote in with here Uh, from dylan blight if you could be any kind of waste paper disposal unit, what would it be?
1: Ooh, oh, man. A waste paper disposal unit. Waste paper disposal. Isn't there only one kind of waste paper disposal unit? I don't know. Uh,
0: Dylan Dylan writes him. I, I just report him. Fair enough. Uh,
1: disposal unit. If I could be any type of waste paper, I'm going to just answer that question the way I want to ask it, answer it. I'd want to be one of those um, wet wipes, you know? Because yeah. I feel like... If you're gonna get thrown out, you might as well be like fun to use before you get thrown out. You know, like no one's ever wiped their butt with a wet wipe and thought "Ah, this is an unpleasant experience. It just feels good. It feels like rain right on your most sensitive part.
0: Okay, I'm I'm immediately going to refute your answer by saying that I've had to do that a couple of times, and it really bothers me.
1: Really? Yeah. Let me go you one further then, and here's why that bothers you because you lived in Japan. You know what they have in Japan? Bidets. They do. And the bidet is an unfortunate casualty of the. Of the American Revolution, yeah. I feel like, well, actually, they didn't have toilets back then, but they never running water. But I feel like the bidet just is the one thing we didn't adopt from European culture, and it sucks. And every time I go to London or Germany or anywhere in Europe, and I'm going to Copenhagen this year with my wife, I, I mean, I'll get totally naked just to take a poop, just so I can just get in that bidet.
0: The, the bidet is kind of amazing. Oh, it's 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 an extraordinary experience. If you've never if you've never felt the sublime tickle of the debate. But, 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 wow i can't even say it right <laughs> the, bidet. the bidet my apologies mm. now i'm just like doing the paul hogan and uh, crocodile dundee yeah just like the bidet uh, mate
1: yeah yeah there you go <laughs> sorry that's
0: terrible <laughs> that was marvelous that was a terrible well joke. dad joked well dad jokes indeed saul Nelasco in asks red pill or blue pill
1: which one was the one that gets you out of the matrix i don't remember i'll take that i name. think
0: the, the blue pill gets you out the i red like pill that one
1: that was know. more of a challenge yeah the red pill let's be honest neo's life sucked
0: you didn't, you didn't want to eat like the, uh, the, the, what was that stuff? Kind of like cream of wheat and, uh, oh. and live on the big pipe spaceship? No, I didn't
1: mind that part. I, I wouldn't want to stay in the, in the, the fantasy land of the Matrix. Because, like
0: in the Rave Cave?
1: Yeah. No, the Rave Cave was dope. I'm t- I'm saying I'd get out of the Matrix, go to the Rave Cave, do all those, like, dirty people. Um, and by do I mean have sex with all those dirty people, like have that big orange. Oh, the red pill. i want to be that. Yeah, I okay. want the red pill. Okay, I don't want to stay in the matrix. I don't oh, want okay. I don't want to stay right. uh uh hidden I misunderstood to, the, to the reality. You. Okay, I'm sorry about that. Because Neo's life um pre getting out of the Matrix didn't look that fun anyway. He worked in a fucking office, wore a drab black suit. He was definitely not getting in that sweet, sweet Trinity.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your driving force work wise? What motivates you to be the best you can be?
1: Uh the people around me. Got Tim and Greg and Kevin and Colin and all this all the people that we've worked with, um, are exceptional in their own right, and they make me literally feel every day like I am a child going to my dad's office, and so I try harder and harder every day, except for today, in which case and, and uh, when I what took a few, well I took a, a few hours off, obviously to. Uh, to take a little bit of break because it's been a crazy couple weeks and I ate uh, almost all of uh, Greg's peanut butter. Oh, Greg well, peanut how much butter.
0: peanut butter was there?
1: It was probably good. There's a good five tablespoons and I ate
0: three. I've lost a lot of weight recently and I attribute at least 40% of that to not eating full jars of peanut butter anymore.
1: That's smart to do. A lot of sugar in peanut butter.
0: Yep. Um, it's delicious. It is delicious. Really, really bad for you.
1: It's not great for you, yeah. but I just went to the gym. Especially also. by I the needed, jar. I needed protein. Well, yeah. you know, lot, nothing by the jar is good for you unless you're talking about baby food. That's a good point. Yeah.
0: <laughs> pickles, maybe? No, too much salt. Um, oh, they're so good, though. And they are, Although the the sum, are a lot of people
1: talk about the pickling uh, process being good for your gut uh, your gut biome.
0: Oh, I didn't know that, really. Yeah.
1: Apparently, I guess, I don't know if it's pickles, but I know for sure, like, kimchi, apparently, it's supposed to be very good for your gut. for your
0: guts. I didn't mm. know that. kind of
1: cleans out all the bad bacteria That's and nice to know. fosters the good bacteria.
0: Seinfeld or friends? Oh, Seinfeld. That's yeah. not, does anyone answer Friends to that question? I don't know. I don't ask a question. Normally. Oh my that's God. If you answer a friend to that question, if your first Nate thought Fletcher. in your brain
1: when you heard this was Friends, you're a fucking monster. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Although recently I talked so much shit about Friends and I'm like, dude, that show does not fucking hold up. And I, I turned it on the other day and I'm like, this is the stupidest show I've ever. And then three episodes later, I'm like, fuck, I got to stop watching this show. It's yeah, so you, it's you like, can't crack. stop watching
0: Friends. I God, I, it's so good. I can't Whoa! pretend i like friends. No, no. Phil Spiderman is the best joke in the history of oh, television God, so good phil spider-man is the best joke <laughs> ever on tv it's true it's, it's so hard, it's hard to refute it's it's a really wonderful joke yeah. um uh, what's the best state that is in california
1: um southern california
0: southern Cal- because i would say <laughs> that i would
1: argue that northern and southern california are two wholly different places. what
0: about the free state of jefferson
1: uh the, i don't know about the free state of
0: jefferson oh that's the uh, state north of, that's northern northern california that wants to break off and be the 51st state oh is it okay yeah. Yeah, uh, they know about the Jefferson movement. I did not know about the Jefferson. Oh, movement. Oh yeah, yeah, folks north uh, a little. You get up or a little north of like uh, Napa, and there's a big group of people that want to break off from California and have self government.
1: You know, we could try that, but let's just be perfectly honest, folks. We'd fuck it up too. <laughs> the United <laughs> States. We had the best shot we had about 250
0: years ago, and uh, it's we've corrupted the shit out of that. What was your uh, favorite part of working at Greg and Colin's house in the early kind of funny days?
1: Oh, um, I loved the first day that I went there. And I loved actually pretty much every day subsequent until we got the studio. uh, Because I had worked in a corporation in a corporate office for so long. And I had desperately wanted a change. And there's no bigger change than working with a company that has vending machines and resources and all sorts of fun, cool, collective people around you to then going to your buddy's house. And it felt every day, like every day got to work. I'm like, it felt like the day where you're like, I'm not going to go to work today. I'm gonna stay home and just fuck around and like pretend like I'm working, but like tell everyone I'm working, working from home. But in reality, <laughs> I'm just so it felt like I was working from home every day, and that was really fun. Plus, Portillo.
0: Oh yeah Portillo's a delight Come on
1: he's lovely And, big, and big then, fan and then Lola joined the family as well uh, Lola no. was cool. Lola's gorgeous
0: What would you do I, I would never want to make you choose But I'm absolutely going to mm. If you had to live in a world Where there was a fire And you could only rescue Lola or Portillo mm. Don't make me choose between those I can't choose between those You can't choose
1: it, Is there a third option Where I throw uh, Kevin into that fire yeah, totally. Yeah, then, yeah, Kevin's going All right, to be fine. that works. Not to kill him, because I feel like Kevin <laughs> Kevin burns himself on, a, on a, like, probably a daily thing, so he'd be fine. i just throw him in there.
0: <laughs> Somebody wants to know what your favorite uh, foreign or independent film is.
1: Foreign or independent film. Um, Jeez Louise, I got a lot of favorite independent films. I don't know if this counts as an indie film, but my favorite in recent years was uh, Drive. Oh, it was the Ryan Gosling film, Nicholas mm-hmm. Winding Ruffin. I that movie, for whatever reason, just ticked off all the boxes for me. I'm like, it was an art film, it had it was fucking surreal. Uh, it had Ryan Gosling, which once you have <laughs> Ryan Gosling in your film, I'm like, <laughs> dude, I'm in. Um, it had Ox, Oscar Isaacs in it, and not a, a lot of people remember him in it, but he had yeah. a bit role in it. Um, he played the husband of the girl down the hall that, that's right, that Ryan Gosling that. Oh my and gosh. that was that was Oscar Isaacs pre. Him being, you know, ex machina in Star Wars fame. Right. Um, and it was a movie that was very polarizing. And I like polarizing things.
0: Okay. Where did yeah. you fall on the polarizing scale?
1: Uh, as far as whether I liked it or not?
0: No, just a, I just I don't know what made it polarizing. Oh,
1: of. oh, it was super violent. It was very much, um, you know, when I heard Nick or I read an interview with Nicholas Winding Refn talking about w- what inspired him to make that movie. Yeah. And he doesn't, I guess he doesn't drive actually, but um, he was driving around L.A. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think maybe he was being driven around L.A. And listening to music, and he was like, I just want to write a movie about this, about like what it's like to drive at night and listen to music, and that's the inspiration that drives...
0: So when you say polarizing, you mean critically polarizing, or, or do you mean oh, polarizing? Yeah. Into, okay.
1: Oh, I meant, yeah, polarizing as far as people's as okay, part so pol- it, yes. Okay, I wasn't quite sure what you meant by that. Okay, no, 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 now yeah, I understand. Yeah. Like, a lot of people hated that
0: movie. Okay, so, that, so and that's... And a lot different.
1: of people... It's on. It's you know on their top independent movies of all time list. So
0: when you drive around at night, what do you listen
1: to? Ooh, uh, recently I've been listening to a lot of Huey Lewis in the news, um, and uh, a lot of. A lot, I listen to a very eclectic bunch of music. Like on the, the gym today, I was listening to Nas, and then when I go home tonight, I'll probably listen to Celine Dion or Adele.
0: Where do you uh, Where do you fall in the Huey Lewis, uh, Patrick Bateman scene?
1: From uh, American Psycho. Oh, it's arguably one of the best scenes ever made. Like, ever, really? Ever a phone. Oh, wow. Where he's talking about, what he, when he has that amazing uh, monologue about Huey Lewis in the news?
0: Yeah, well, he's getting ready to kill the guy. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's fucking awesome. Okay. That okay. movie's
0: great. Where, we, where, we yeah. I, I mean,
1: I where do we fell on that? I where do you come down? I was going to say. I, adore I didn't movie. read the book, but uh, the movie is my right. only touched to that. And I love it because I love that it's just one big analogy of how Europe sees us.
0: <laughs> I, the, the, the movie and the book are very different, but I've I, 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 I read the book. I've, I've watched the movie. Um, they both have brilliant moments in them, mm-hmm. but I, I honestly think I prefer the film. Really? Uh, yeah. And I've heard a lot. I know that's probably not a popular opinion. But I don't know. I,
1: I love the film. I think it's great.
0: There's a pretty amazing sequence in the book where he goes to a U2 concert and he like locks eyes with Bono uh bono's like off on the stage performing and he and bono have like a psychic transferal where they have this mystical conversation together uh while he's standing in the crowd (sighs) looking into bono's eyes that i wish that had been that's amazing but 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 everything else i I think is fascinating Uh, it's a again a polarizing film but yeah uh, definitely uh, definitely. but I, i like it a lot um what's the best song written in the last 100 years
1: the best song written in the last 100 years, uh "Stairway to Heaven," Led Zeppelin.
0: You know, I think you were the first stairway we've gotten.
1: You're kidding right? me? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, it's a masterpiece.
0: Maybe, maybe everybody else saw the uh, the sign that said "No Stairway" and the, uh, the chase flying yeah, out of the store. <laughs> so, so. Well,
1: well, you didn't ask me what one of the best movies ever made was, which is definitely *Wayne's World*. Um But right uh, that. apparently, that sign's a real thing, by the way. Really? In yeah, the store? I f- I forget where it came from but i guess that maybe i was reading imdb trivia i read a lot of imdb trivia when i watch movies my favorite thing to do my favorite second screen experience good point i think i was reading about that on the wayne's world imdb trivia that it was actually a sign they had seen
0: oh, and so they decided and so they decided to use that because nice it's
1: hilarious because people, people got so annoyed that, that was the one song everyone Boom! but the there's only... a reason well yeah but that was the, they were like I think the criticism was that you didn't play the whole song. They only knew that first. Yeah, yeah. So like every day, day in and out, someone would pick up the Fender and like, and they'd play that, those, those first few bars and, and it would just drive people nuts. So I understand there's a need for no stairway, but I, I have a definite stairway policy in my life.
0: I love stairway. I think my favorite Zeppelin song is Over the Hills and Far Away. Oh, okay. I, I love that song.
1: Now, are you a big um, Tolkien fan? Oh, yeah. So do you get most of the references in the in there? I uh,
0: so they, I'll be, I'll they go kind of druidic too. It's, it's not just tokeny. I mean they they go off to some pretty weird spots. Oh, okay. so, but but that explains why I don't understand any of it.
1: Because <laughs> I have, I'll be honest with you right now. Like I come from marching band world, where we don't, I don't deal in world of lyrics. So when I listen to songs, when I hear music, I don't yeah. hear lyrics ever. Oh, I just hear beats. It's wow. very crazy. Unless I'm, unless I've memorized the words and I'm singing along, but even then, I don't. The meaning of the words doesn't resonate. It's just the cadence. Just of the It's just
0: the words. cadence and the sound. Right. Okay, so you're like Bill Lugosi speaking English in his early movies. Exactly. So just, okay. Or yeah. Arnold
1: Schwarzenegger speaking English in his early movies. Yeah. Um. So I don't. uh so I've li- I've tried to dissect the lyrics of Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven and a lot of the other Led Zeppelin songs, and it doesn't make any sense to me. It still has – I still have no – I've looked it up, huh. and everyone's like, we don't know either. So I don't feel, I don't feel <laughs> well, too there's bad. So,
0: I, I think people go to Lord of the Rings, but there's some other stuff that's really kind of more druid hippy-dippy, yeah. witchy woman type stuff, and, uh, or witchy man in that case. Yeah, um, right. What's your favorite word? Yes. Oh, huh, like that. Uh, what's the first word you think of when you hear the sound of your own voice?
1: Ugh. Is that a word? Or is yeah. that just, I don't want to pee. Totally. Uh, that's
0: it. Yeah, that's an excellent word. Yeah. What's the most terrifying creature in the natural world? Mm.
1: Mm. The most terrifying creature in the natural world. I just saw a Facebook video of some slug that spits out like a trail and then sucks it back into him. Oh, yeah i didn't
0: need to know about that,
1: that was pretty that was pretty terrifying i did not need to know. that's the kind of no, thing that looks like a creature no, you'd find in hell yeah I mean, i'll find oh. it for you for later you
0: panda want. did an animated episode for us for, where he created an eight-legged spider shark oh that, that's that's terrifying beachy. it's pretty amazing panda's very talented man yeah, he, he should
1: use he those for evil more often
0: yeah i like i like to use yeah. the stuff for evil um and then uh, i think we're going to wrap up with uh with this one uh, all our guests get this cake or pie oh
1: son of a bitch that's a Sophie's choice. Uh, yep, keep or pie. We're going pie. I pie? Got the pie? Yeah, unless you're talking cupcakes. That's a harder story. But I, I, as far as slices of cakes versus pie, there's just so many more varietals of pie that work for me. They yeah. hit on all levels. Pumpkin pie being probably the king of all pies.
0: Ooh, pumpkin pie is your favorite. Okay. Oh, yeah. What do you think of the Garrison Keillor quote where he says that uh, the the best pumpkin pie you ever had was not that much better than the worst pumpkin pie you ever had?
1: I I would agree with that. Okay. I would definitely agree
0: with that. What about the other Garrison Keillor quote where he says pumpkin pie is mostly an excuse to eat nutmeg?
1: Oh. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm
0: paraphrasing him, but I think – Okay, cool. I appreciate that. All right. So there we are. Now I'm
1: I'm rethinking that, by the way. I know we're wrapping up, but I do love – I'm gonna go with pie just because there's more options there for me that I like because cake all pretty much tastes the yeah. same. But the red velvet cake at Susie Cakes down and on Chestnut is arguably one of the best things I've ever had. You in my
0: introduced life. me to this. Uh, I, I, I can't, it was over here for I think I actually I think it was when you guys opened this place and you yeah. brought in. Oh yeah, I had cupcakes. Yeah, yeah, you had the cupcakes yeah. and you're like you have to eat the red velvet. And what did you think? Uh, it, it was sublime. Good. Um, it, it was. Just as good as you're saying, if not better. Uh, wow, I'd forgotten about just how good. Now I yeah. want that. Is that near here? Can we no,
1: no, uh, it's not anywhere. They're closed by now. <gasps>
0: but next time I see you, I'll bring you one. Nick, thank you for coming on. Thank you for doing this. Oh, thank you for uh, having me. It's I, I really appreciate you making time for the show. No, That's uh, Anything you want to plug? I mean... The fact of the matter is, I imagine that 95% of of my audience came over from your audience. Uh, Potentially, (laughs) potentially, but you've been doing this
1: for a while and you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised because good products tend to find good people. Um, And I think this is a really good podcast. Uh, I'm not just saying that because I'm on it. Uh, No, if you're not familiar with me, you can follow me on Twitter at nick underscore scarpino. If you want to see more shenanigans at this table, you can go to youtube.com slash kind of funny. Or if you're into games, uh, you're not going to see me there much, but you can see my other cohorts at youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Um, where you can see all sorts of fun Let's Plays and Reacts and all sorts of good stuff.
0: Delightful, fun things to do. Thank Indeed. you so much for coming on. And, guys, thank you for watching and listening. It means the world. Uh, look forward to, uh, to showing you some other neat stuff later this month. Until then, uh, hey, join the Facebook group. It's free, and we have a lot of fun over there. We just named my Venus flytrap. It was fun. Uh, What's it called? Uh, in the end, we went with Jeff Goldbloom. Oh, great. Uh, because it's a fly-slash-bloom uh, double entendre. I like that. Yeah, it's both blooms and the fly. How many it's people? In there.
1: How many people do you think have named their Venus flytrap Tui? Are you familiar with that from Little Shop of Horrors?
0: Uh, yeah, we've there were actually I got so many Little Shop of Horrors yeah. like submissions. Have you ever watched the the alternate ending to Little Shop? of No. Horrors? Oh Nick, you're gonna die! What happens? They filmed this multi million dollar effects ending. You're kidding to, me. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, this is they, they decided not to use it because they decided it didn't really fit the feel. It's right when Seymour is about to about to try to shoot Audrey. But okay. instead of instead of things ending happily, Audrey eats Seymour, okay, and then takes over the world.
1: Oh, and it's okay. like
0: it's like giant puppet uh, uh, Audrey's going through the city, destroying buildings, Godzilla style, with like people fighting them. And in the end, like them climbing up the Statue of Liberty, these beautiful puppets. Uh, I only discovered this recently, too. I this think is the, awesome. I believe it was through the laser. I'm to go t- and watch It's on, this. It's on YouTube. Um, okay. But I think the Laser Time podcast, uh, with okay. mother, who do amazing stuff, uh, pointed this out. And I was just like, wow, That's awesome. This. Yeah, I'm you're going to like this.
1: I can imagine them not going with editing for a lot of
0: reasons, yeah, they, but that's cool. They, they didn't go with it, but they filmed it, and it's out there. That's and awesome. And it's pretty rad. So, All right, guys. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, man-eating plants and all aside, see you next time. Be good to one another. Bye-bye.